And welcome to the Men Up Podcast. I am Christian Chabot. Will Van Dyke. What up, y'all? Lamar Wamble. And we are so excited to have our first guest of season four here on the Men Up Podcast. He is the founder of Black Obsidian Men's Group, which is an affinity healing space for people who identify as Black and as men. Uh, He has been doing incredible work in coaching, workforce development, facilitation. He's an entrepreneur supporting other entrepreneurs, and he's one of the biggest supporters of Men Up, one of the earliest supporters of Men Up brought his story to us almost seven years ago and inspired uh, our community when we were in New Haven specifically. Please give it up and welcome Eric Ray. So, so, so glad to be here. Excited to be with y'all. I've been watching and and learning and loving and uh, yeah, glad to uh, glad to be on with y'all. It's great to have you, Eric. And would love to just start off by having you tell us a little bit about the work that you are doing, right? Like specifically with Black Obsidian, but but any of the other work that you're doing too, because it's really powerful. Black Obsidian is um is an it's an affinity space, as you mentioned, for for people who identify as men and people who identify as black. And it really reflected for me uh, this space that I was just personally yearning for um, I, and and didn't have it elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, we, we engage in, in a practice. That's basically what it is. It's a, it's a space where we um, have an intention toward healing and growth. We do that through retreats. There's coaching. Um, and then there are weekly sessions, um, healing sessions that we uh, have online that they're freely offered. And yeah, folks come together and there's, there's some somatic practices, there's some wisdom sharing, there's some jokes, there's some, you know, affirmations and some intentions and, uh, um, and, and, you know, and some meditation and, um, and it's a, it's a powerful space. It's a beautiful space. You identified first for yourself, right? Like that was the inspiration, like some of those seeds of why you wanted to start this space, but also for the community that is coming together, like what's the impact that you've seen? We were sort of formed uh, in, the, in the crucible of COVID, COVID, the COVID shutdown. That was sort of the impetus to do it um, weekly. It was a thing that had already been happening, but prior to COVID, it was happening monthly. It seemed like, the opportunity. I mean, it, it was already in a place where like men were needing all kinds of love and healing and, 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 you know, space to just live and breathe and be right. Um, and then this thing happens where we're like even further isolated uh, from one another. Uh, so it just felt like the right thing to do. So that being said, this really became a space where um, I, I think people found a real sense of grounding and, and connection. And in my own life, it would be hard to imagine my life without it. You're saying we, so I'm interested. Is it, is that we, you plus the men that, um, are part of the group or is it we, you and co-founders, uh, who's we, and then, uh, I'm looking up the word obsidian. Like I thought I knew it was a rock, but why, why obsidian? And what is the meaning of that to you? I think when I was talking, I probably flipped back and forth between two sets of we. So I'll identify both of those we's. Uh, the first is me and the men, because I don't, I, I founded it and um, I, I, I make some of the decisions or whatever, but I, I really think of this as like, this is a collective group. You know, we together do, do things and, and, and have an experience. 
I also am a part of a larger group of healers uh, here in New Haven called One Village Healing. Um, and, and that is a, a group of, you know, sort of like-minded folk of color who uh, engage in various like modalities. Obsidian has uh, several meanings. One is uh, it, it's black. So that was really the that was really the first thing. And then I researched and looked at it. It was, you know, I like to make it sound like it was like deeply metaphysical. It was like, let me find some, let me find some stones. And I don't want it to be onyx. I want it to be something else. Uh, so, so I went, I went with black obsidian. Um, and then I researched and looked it up and, uh, and yeah, some of, some of the, 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 the metaphysical properties of it. Um, were things that uh, were appropriate for what we were up to. Um, things like, you know, kind of clearing the smog, clearing psychic energy, like uh, a kind of uh, a kind of clarity. Um, and um, and then and then as life, you know, kind of took over, there were all of these other kind of little fun little ancillary, you know, meanings uh, to obsidian. Obsidian started showing up all over the place in my life. What is healing? And I think I, I ask because I think it's it's becoming a buzzword. Um, and I don't want to disrespect your profession or like what you do, how you do it by saying that. But I think the larger society now is starting to catch on to the word healing. Um, so I'd, I'd love for you to define that for us. Um, and then also our are healing and therapy similar? Because I think the larger society is actually catching more onto therapy than they are healing. How do you get people to engage in, in, in either or? It's first off, it's, it's a practice. It's an ongoing thing. So I, I don't think it's like a destination. I don't think you get to healed. Um, I, I think there are always layers of things um, that we're peeling away and like that is healing. So I would say healing is the process of, of getting closer to yourself, closer to, to the truest you. Um, and there are all kinds of things that stand in the way of that. Um, and therapy is one of those things that helps you remove some of the barriers to getting closer to yourself. So, so that, that, that's how I would say healing and therapy sort of engage each other. Um, the therapy is a tool, right? Like, like, like many other tools. Um, uh, and therapy, uh, I love therapy. I, I have a therapist. Let me just say that upfront and clear, like therapy is fantastic and great. And, and it's a tool, right? It's a tool like any other tool. So, you know, if, if you're using it, engaging it in a way that's healthy and great, then, then great. And you could also be using it in a way that is uh, just contributing to your, to your challenges to begin with. You want folks that are showing up that want the healing, they want the support, they want the community. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think that probably makes sense for a lot of that type of work that you know people, they're gonna go find it when they need it. It's definitely that kind of thing. I, I've been approached by all kinds of folks that you know want this to be, um, I don't know, some kind of like program where you get your life straight or whatever. And it's just like, uh, this is, that's not what we're up to. Like if somebody wants this, they can come and it's freely offered, but I'm not 
in the business of being like, hey, come get well. <laughs> like, come over here and get well. It's like, I, you know, I, I have my challenges just getting myself well. I, I'm not in a position to be chasing you or anyone else down for that, uh, particularly when there, there are plenty of people who are like, I need this. This is something that my life is requiring right now. So Eric, I want to zoom out and, you know, you've mentioned your work with One Village Healing, obviously Black Obsidian, and the two words that have come up a lot are healing and vulnerability, right? And so yeah. when we think about the ideas of manhood, of masculinity, of patriarchy that are in our society today that have existed for a long time, like what is some of that healing that you're seeing is needed from our communities, particularly men, like what is some of that healing that they're really seeking out or, or that as the person who's convening these spaces, you're seeing as like, oh, this is why this work is so important right now. It's being together. It's, it, it's belonging to one another. It's learning how to do that. Um, and, and that comes, you know, with, with a lot of different things and a lot of different challenges, but, but that's been one of the kind of primary successes of, of patriarchy is keeping us apart, keeping us separate from each other, all of us, uh, right? But, but in particular, men. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, from that flows all the rest of it. Because that's what, like, 90% of the shit comes from. It's like, do I belong? That's it. And, and when you can answer that question, yes, everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that. I think it touches on something that the three of us were previously talking about a little bit, which is that I think some of the vulnerability and the healing that needs to be done comes from uh, a feeling of, of loneliness or isolation. I think this is a, a been a longstanding part of the way we've understood masculinity, particularly in this country, but I think I think broadly in lots of places um, and like, yeah, it's the, 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 the rugged individual and, and I'm supposed to like be able to do all the things, you know, all by myself. Um, and, um, and yeah, and that system gets, you know, collapsed on, on, on individuals, on men. Um, I mean, women too, it gets collapsed on everybody. You know, there's an interesting thing. Uh, affection, actual like physical affection. We don't, we don't get that just casually. That's not like, you know, women can just hug and hold hands and, and that like, we don't, we have to like, there's something about like, we have to earn that. Like that's, that's not just available to us. We had a running joke in this in our group in the first couple of seasons where these guys were all feeling very comfortable telling each other that they love them. And then the joke was that I never said it. I never I or if I did, it was like it had to be tongue in cheek or it had to be in like a casual like, 
muffled mumble voice or something and it, it was never genuine or didn't at least seem or appear genuine so like even in a group of close friends to a certain extent there's so many barriers yeah that have to fall before that affection can like manifest itself well, oh my god yeah here let's let's address it now will love it yeah yeah yeah. what do you say here it is it's on the podcast let's talk about healing and what better way than to talk about love why can't we tell each other yeah we love each other here's what even for people who are comfortable with it let me ask you this do you always have to put the word man on the end of it (laughs) can you just say hey chris i love you uh, you know what? <laughs> my, not, so my man said to me, yes, it was a text message. He goes, I fucking love you. And I said, I love you as well. Don't forget it. I actually thought I put man. I actually thought about putting well man. And I yeah. did. Well done. It's mm-hmm. so incredibly powerful that to harness that uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and like send that out into the world is some of the most vulnerable uh, and, and wow, just... Yeah impactful stuff and like how could we change like how could we change ourselves and like the world with just like simple little twists of how we use our words how we conjure the spaces around us that's ultimately what we're doing and it's it's not so difficult it's not so hard it it really just requires like letting go of yourself and it just kind of like stepping outside and and that way like expanding right like expanding yourself a little bit stretching out a little bit and just try it see what happens it's transformative too right like this has got me thinking about a moment just a few weeks ago for me eric you're talking about like physical affection being in physical proximity and affection with one another and i was uh down in charlotte north carolina i was visiting uh, one of the former co-hosts of this podcast, Drew, uh, and we were driving back to the airport. I'm going through some really hard transition times. And as we're driving back, like I got that tension through my chest, right? I'm holding things in. I can feel it. Like I can feel the tightness in my, in my throat. Right. And he is putting music on because he's excellent at uh, being emotionally manipulative through song choice. Uh, and so he's putting <laughs> certain songs on, right? Like, and I'm like, all right, fine, fine. But then he's like, Hey man, just give me your hand. Right. And like for me, who's like somebody who's like pretty expressive and stuff like that, it still felt awkward. Right. Like I was like, all right. Yeah, sure, man. And holding the hand in the minute we were embracing in our hand, like everything just released. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that release, super necessary for that moment. Right. But but again, to your point, it's still one of those things like beautiful. It is work that we have to continue to do. Right. So there's all those barriers that have been put up by ourselves, by society, by our family and friends and whatever. Right. That like we have to continue to break down. Yeah. 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 Because I would have been like, no. (laughs) (laughs) we got a long way to go fellas we got a long way to go well i'm coming for your hand i'm coming for your hand hey hey look 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 if we're if we're hiking and we're on a trail and you need assistance i am all about reaching my hand out fully embracing you in that moment, I don't know if I would do it. Or if I did it, I would do it in a joke and I'd like interlock fingers and it would become this like 
you know, like notebook moment sort of thing. At, oh, you know, yeah. I would make a joke out of it. I that that would probably be my love language at that moment. <laughs> just, just so I'm clear <laughs> in that dynamic, who's going to be Ryan Gosling? I just need to be clear. I mean, it's clearly me. But um... <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That's that's a really like a really cool story. Um, and it, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this uh, BetterHelp commercial where there's a, there's two two guys lifting weights and uh, the, there's one guy that's doing barbells, dumbbells, and there's a guy doing a bench press behind him and the, he, he drops the bench on his on his chest and the guy that's doing the dumbbell sees him in the mirror and he goes back to he's like, hey, man, do you need any help? And the guy's like, hey, man, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't you don't know my family, dog. Like, why are you like, don't help me. I got it. Like, I, I can figure it out on my own. Like, basically just like, going through the thought process in, of how men show up, not all men, but like how men show up sometimes where like, nah, you don't know me. Why are you even asking me to help me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you even offering this sort of love and support in this moment? Have you spent any time talking with the men about why it has been challenging for maybe them themselves to like ask for help in the past? Or do you all really have more forward ha focused conversations? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same stuff, man. It's about vulnerability. It's about, you know, feeling like um, your value is tied to um, to what you can produce, you know, what you can what you can do, how you can perform. Uh, and if you don't, then, you know, there are consequences for that. So and and asking for help doesn't doesn't fall into that paradigm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And it's the same. It's, it shows up in like, you know, different kind of little iterations or whatever, but it's the same. It's the same thing, you know, where we're all in this kind of theater together. Um, Great word for it. Theater. Yeah. All the world is stage, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're trying to figure it out. This vulnerability about the space you're creating with Black Obsidian as there are practices, right? Like these kind of practices we can do over time can help us to be vulnerable. The group meeting weekly is a practice in and of itself. Uh, and one of the things we were talking as we got onto this episode or got onto this recording together was you have a personal practice of your own that the folks can't see that are listening right now, but, but we can see as we're recording here on Zoom that uh, you've got a wall of images of sunrises that you took pictures of for the year. So I'm just personally fascinated, like would love to hear uh, how that practice came about for you, but more importantly, like what mm. it has done for you in that grounding, in that vulnerability, in, you know, your own self-discovery. Thanks for that. Um, how it came about. That's actually an interesting story I'll share with y'all. Um, yeah, this ties into something else too. So I, I had said earlier about how uh, Black Obsidian um, as a stone, once I settled on that choice, started showing up in my life in all different kinds of ways. So uh, there, um, I, I purchased a piece, a little copper wrapped obsidian disc. Um, and the wrap, the way that it was wrapped was made to look like a sun. Very beautiful piece. And um, I was very, <clears throat> excuse me, very excited to have it. And I have a good friend of mine um, who, um, you know, is always wearing like crystals and this kind of new agey kind of stuff. 
um, which I like, um, and, but, you know, don't have any like personal relationship with or whatever. So I get this obsidian disc. And uh, so I ask, I ask her, I said, so how, how do I, what do I, what, what do I do with this? And she's like, well, just you, you form a friendship with it. You build a friendship with it. Like you would build a friendship with anybody. And I was like, <laughs> okay, what, like, what does that mean? <laughs> well, just like, you know, just ask it, ask it what it wants. I was like, okay, that's feels like a good way to start a relationship. Maybe. Um. So I essentially just sat quietly with this thing. Like I meditated with this thing and out of one meditation, um, like a day later or something, I was just like, oh, sunrises. This thing looks like a sun. Maybe it wants to go check out the sunrise. So I'll take it to the sunrise. We'll see what happens. So I wear this obsidian disc like the next morning to the sunrise. I get up and go to the sunrise. And of course, like the sunrise is amazing. It's just this incredible experience. And, you know, it was like transcendent for me. And it feels like, oh, yeah, this is exactly right. Uh, and yeah, thus the, the, the sunrise experience was born. I've been going back ever since. And uh, it's turned into a year in March. So... Yeah. So that's what happened. So, and you know, it, it's a journey like anything else, like along the way, you know, you, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know so many lessons. I'll, I'll, I'll probably write an ebook or something, but like, you know, these little things that happen, like, um, like really the most dramatic stuff are the, it's the clouds, right? The sun is amazing and awe-inspiring and, and, and beautiful. Uh, and you get these really serene, serene moments like if you can see that one up there you know that's like really serene and beautiful and 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 calm but then if you see this one right here it's like wildly dramatic and crazy and that's because of the clouds right and so that so the clouds are the things that actually make it special and beautiful and the clouds change and move and and sometimes they, they, they cover it, right? So this was also like another like experience of like visceral faith, right? I know the sun is back there, but I can't see it. It's a cloudy day. I won't see the sun today, but I know it's back there. I can feel it. It's bright out here, but I can't see the sun. So, but, but it's that thing. Like it's, is this what faith is? So it like these are the kinds of like these these things that that I get to that I get to contemplate and and be with. I live in New Haven, which is close to the shoreline. So when I go to see the sunrise, I actually go to to the water. So part of this experience has been being near the water almost every morning. And so like learning about the tides, like viscerally in my bones, like seeing the tides come in and come out and like starting to be able to uh, like smell it in the air and be able to, oh, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of bugs today because it's, you know, it's this kind of humid, this kind of, you know, um, it's, it's very grounding. It feels very, um, at the same time, cosmic, you know, connected to a larger system, a larger way of being 
And I wanted to get from a spiritual uh, slash healer slash, you know, somebody who was like really just in tune with black men. Like how, how did you observe the, the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock interaction mm. um, from, from your perspective? Because obviously, it, yeah. you know, people are on the internet um, wild and out right now. And so right. I'm just interested yeah. to kind of hear how you received that. Will Smith. And, and yeah, and Chris Rock, man. Okay. So, all right, here's the thing. Like no one was in any actual danger, right? Like, like Jada was not in danger. Will was not in danger. There was no reason for him to get on stage and, and slap him just period. Put his hands on it. Like, like why does Will Smith need to get up? and smack him in the face like that it so so there's a kind of there's this there's this like insecurity there's this um it's 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 patriarchy it, at its at its finest and and odd coming from Will Smith who has spent so much time cultivating uh a kind of public character a public persona um that was very much not not this not that especially the last year or two yeah yeah uh especially the last year or two particularly with this book and i read this i read his book i loved his book i thought his book was great i thought his book was all kinds of beautiful and vulnerable in all kinds of ways which is why it this this just this just strikes so odd um but also like inexcusable that's how i kind that's kind of how i feel about it i don't i don't want to be like pathological about it but yeah it definitely sinks into a very kind of structural patriarchal you know under the guise of like defending his wife his wife didn't need defending she was fine she wasn't in any danger and if she had something to say she could have said it and look here's another way what if in the name of defending his wife what if will smith got up walked right up to chris rock in the same way and said, Chris Rock, my wife has alopecia. How dare you make jokes about that? You should be ashamed of yourself. And for all of y'all that want to know about alopecia, go to here and shut the fuck up about it. And then had a seat. How powerful would that have been? Now Will Smith just looks like a jackass. And that one moment undercuts thousands of moments before. Unfortunately. Of goodwill that goodwill that he's literally that he's, goodwill, yeah. Yeah, that that he's cultivated uh over the years. And and rightly so. And it doesn't like I don't want to erase it, like right, like he made a right. mistake, he probably had some drinks, he who uh, you know, like who knows what's going on, right? And that's not to excuse it. He should be accountable to his actions a hundred percent. And that means that he loses like millions of dollars like fine he's got millions like he's fine he's gonna be fine he 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 should be accountable so so to that point as 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 someone who does what you do say now he's been taken to account will smith decides to come be a part of black obsidian how do you how do you work with them um well first i would ask him to like 
fully fund our project for the next <laughs> 10 years. Um, Get right to it. Yeah. Come see me, Will Smith. I love you. I love Will, you we're on a sliding time. scale and you're at the top I of the read, scale, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read your book. Uh, so we could, we, you know, we'll, we'll be off to a fast start. The, the first thing is always like, like, well, what do you want? You know, that's always like the first thing. Um, I'm not in a position to tell anybody that. Um, what I can do is like, you know, we work together and we form an alliance and I help we, us, figure out how to get from here to there. That's basically it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's oversimplified, but that's, that's how I start. That's how I start with everything. What is it that you actually want? Because uh, a lot of people don't really actually know that. Eric, I feel like we could talk to you for another several hours, uh, which means uh, we'd love to have you back uh, in following seasons of the Men Up podcast. Uh, but thank you for joining us here today and for the work that you're doing through Black Obsidian, through One Village Healing, and just the vibes, the energy, uh, the love you're putting out in the world. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Glad to be with y'all. Um, keep doing what you're doing. This is this is beautiful work. We um, collectively, all of us, um, need to talk more um, and and be together and love on each other. It's uh, it's critical. It's it's our it's our life's work. So after recording today's episode, I got a text from our guest Eric Ray. Now, if you're familiar with the Men Up podcast, you know that we've had a segment from time to time called Calling Your Own Fowls, which is an opportunity for us to amend things that we've said in an episode, or maybe after a day or a couple weeks, we have a new insight. And Eric had just that. He had new thoughts, new feelings about the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident, and wanted to share those with me, but more importantly, wanted to share that with you all as the Men Up podcast community. So these are his words not mine. And that is something that we can even be better about next time. Organizing to make sure that somebody's words are represented by their voice. Still, we wanted to share Eric's reflections with y'all. I've been narrow-minded about Will. My reactions came from disappointment in Will's behavior. The slap seemed to me like a horrible capitulation to patriarchy and ego, and I admit I was holding Will to a standard that was unrealistic. What I know to be true is that given the right circumstances, I, and any of us really, could commit acts that I would otherwise find reprehensible. I'm continuing to sit with myself and my heart as I am learning to navigate a masculinity that is generative and powerful in the context of a world that wants me to use domination as my only tool. Protecting women, specifically black women, is of critical importance, and like many things, the how is just as important as the what. There is much for me to learn here. I'm trying to move differently, and this is an attempt to be accountable to my thoughts, words, and actions. Thank you. Love you.